Hello and welcome to Fox Cutters episode 259. We know what you've done and we're choosing a slow revenge. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, welcome as Box Cutters regular Dave Lawson. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me back. Well, you know, thanks thanks for agreeing to to be a part of the show regularly. Yeah. So, for for listeners who don't know, uh, we lost Nellie Thomas at the end of last year. Not that anything happened to her. Say it like that, and uh, and and people think that uh, she know, passed something, away. Something terrible happened. Yes. Uh, but uh, but no, she's just she, she left the show at the end of last year, and uh, we've been looking for a replacement. And so we we now have John Richards every second week, and then alternating for the other second week, Dave Lawson and Courtney Hawking. Yes, yeah, so I'll uh, monthly, be yeah, monthly, every four weeks, every four weeks, just a little bit more than monthly, which is. Is it? It's yeah, just a little bit more. It's like the Heart Foundation invading the stadium and, and being a double-up tag team partner. And that man with the 1980s wrestling references <laughs> is Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. So uh, just a quick keying was a little bit too beneath you. A, a, a quick what? Keying. King, oh, yeah, oh, for this car, mm. for this, uh, this, this guy who, yeah, who, who, you yeah. know what? The problem is, I had to park on the other side of. This is going to to a story that listeners haven't heard, but I did have to park on the other side of the Botanic Gardens, so to actually get back to his car to to seek some revenge. Uh, no, I'd rather just announce it on my show and have everybody know that there is someone out there who done me wrong. And now he'll uh, hopefully he's a listener and he'll understand those uh, your dead kind of slicing the throats uh, signals you're giving him across the aisle. Uh, hopefully he's not a listener because we don't need people like him. No. It's a really, really nasty piece of work. Anyway, this is Box Cutters. It's not a show about revenge, but despite what the title might have you believe. You're very Costanza in that uh, scenario. It's, uh, it, it is hard for me to forget. And it's uh, so you he, he, you you're you're backing in. He's gone in forward. Yeah, and just taken and he's, it. And he's just taken the spot. But you said he he said to you, you said you took my spot, and he said, I don't care. Yeah, Lind- Lindell got out of the car. Said uh, sorry, th- that was actually our spot. We had our reverse lights on, our indicator. He said, I don't care. And he walks off. He walks off, which is a very Costanza. Like this, it, it happened in Seinfeld, uh, and. I, I would have brought that up with Lyndall, but she's not a Seinfeld fan, so I'm not sure if she's uh, even aware of it. So I just sure she nothing. understands pop culture and knows all the references. So. Well, she she seems to know all the references, but that's not an often repeated episode of Seinfeld. I think that's a Seinfeld okay. fan one. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, box cutters all about television. Hmm. Uh, and later on in this show, we, we're going to talk about the Chicago Code, which is a uh, mid-season replacement in the US, and uh, and it's it's got an interesting backstory to it. So yeah. hopefully we'll uh, we'll look at a, a little bit of that mm-hmm. a little bit later on. Uh, we've got a crap TV. We've got some pork. No trotters this week. Toby had uh, other other things. Trotters are interstate. Uh, Trotters yeah. on the road. Trotters on the road because he's, uh, he's he's touring in Canberra. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, did you know that, Dave? What's he doing? What's he doing in Canberra? Touring? It's just yeah, it's doing comedy gigs. Oh, in a not a rock and roll band. Not a rock and roll band. No, God, no. <laughs> no. Have you have you met Toby Halligan? Is there a comedy festival in Canberra at the moment? No, he's just he's just doing some gigs in Canberra because his his comedy is is politically orientated. Right, so he uh, so I think Canberra they get all the jokes. 
Okay. Whereas in Melbourne, they just pretend to get all the jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to look up who Simon Crean is later. But he'll be back Crazy. next week, will he? That's what he said. Because to me, to me, <laughs> what, like, what what are you starting? What are you starting well, now? No, I'm just the like. Last time I was here, Toby he he, he seemed to run run the thing. He, well, that that was his job. Yeah, that to give that job. impression, that I got the, he, uh, that, that he was running things. Now, without him, th- things are going to run smoothly. Things things are going to run. Before Toby, uh, we we did manage to run things fairly smoothly for many many years. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, Toby uh, won't be running things. No. He's a bit too busy to keep running things, but he will keep doing trotters. Everybody we get in on the show becomes too successful for us. They don't have time for us in the end. Dave. Right. That will happen to you. Well, this is what you've promised me before, yeah. that from here on... I know, but you've got to decide what you want to do. Last time you said, I do want to do journalism, and then halfway through the show you went, oh, I don't <laughs> want to do journalism. So once we work out a career right, for you, okay. Dave, then... You know, the, There's no the world, Oh, that There's reminds a, me. Uh, the world is your oitzer. Have you had any challenges on Wikipedia? Oh, actually, uh, one, yeah, one has come up. Uh, it says, I've, qu- I've quit comedy, which I was never doing, uh, to become a tram driver. That's right. Yes, so, I read that mm, one. So I don't know. That's great. I mean, I wouldn't mind becoming a tram driver. I've you done should, it. You should find out about you, it. Yeah, you've, you've been a tram driver. <laughs> you know, release a bit of sand, press the, the dinger, Yep. and uh, oh, away you, we go. Yeah, that's what told, she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all coming up later on in this episode of Box Cutters. As I, always... I, I might have a few of those because Steve Carell has finished up filming for uh, The Office. Um, so, so in tributary of... Uh, Lady, ladies and gentlemen, boys and passing. girls, in the lead up to this episode, it has been nothing but a series of that's what she said. Nothing. And that is the... Oh, no, we haven't even done that <laughs> bit yet. Let's kick things off with the Box Cutters News. Brett Cropley, there's been a world, a world of things happening. Things are afoot at the world of corporate Channel 10 with the board, uh, which we saw late last year. Uh, Not not so much a takeover, but uh, definitely a uh, gathering of enough shares to get a couple of board positions for one Packer, James and Murdoch, Lachlan. Um, Lockie and Jamie. Lockie and Jamie. Lockie and Jamie. Uh, also you might remember them from as Playground the, as Lockie and Jamie. Oh, Dave. those boys. Yeah. Former yeah. disgraced uh, proprietors of OneTel. Uh, part of. Part of. Also known as. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, and we uh, there was there was a lot of action going on. Uh, we saw the dumping of the chairman of the board there at Channel Ten, and Lachlan Murdoch stepping into uh, that position in a temporary capacity. Apparently, uh, it was explained as. And uh, then uh, something a little bit strange over the week, where uh, James Packer kind of just spat it and said, "That's it. I'm out. I'm leaving the board. I'm gone. See you later." Now this was. It wasn't that he just spat it. It was moments well, they- after. Moments after Channel Ten uh, announced a new a new head. Had they actually announced it at that point? Was, the, the way I read it, the as, way I read it, was as we found they, out later, 
they they announced or they had decided on a new head. He happened to be what's his name coming from Channel Seven, uh, Mr. Warburton, and uh, and. Jamie's gone, well, I can't do that to Kerry Stokes. They've had, yes, a, a, a bit of a truce going on as far as headhunting each other's people. And, That's uh, what she this, says. <laughs> this clearly uh, uh, contravenes that uh, gentleman's agreement between those two media organ owners. And... Um, and so he's uh, basically, I, I guess, he's a man of his word and uh, had to distance himself as much as possible uh, from that headhunt of Mr. Warburton over to Channel 10 and uh, and just get out. Uh, also, what I heard was that uh, he was selling up all of his uh, holdings in Channel 10 stocks. Right. Um, and, D- Dave, and, and maybe I'm a little bit of a, a falling out. Is this all happened this, this week? Yeah, this is all yeah, happened this week. week. So who's in charge of what now? Lachlan's still acting chairman of the board at Channel 10. Okay. Because uh, Warburton is scheduled to come in in June. James Warburton has uh, agreed to jump ship from Channel 7 over to Channel 10. Uh, his contract is up mid-year. Uh, there have been some... Uh, have you got a follow-up to that uh, about uh, uh, the legal not, not wranglings? In, not in front of me, but the uh, the, the thing... It, it strikes me. It strikes me that this whole thing is just bullshit. Like, really? I, I, I don't... I can't see Jamie Packer doing anything that is not going to benefit him financially. And the, the, the way it seems to me is he's, he's weighed up the options mm-hmm. and, uh, and gone, well, what is going to be more beneficial for me in the long run? A relationship with Kerry Stokes, who has just bought... WA News. Well, WA News has just, bought, News has just seven bought Channel media. 7, but he owns them all, plus all those mining interests. Yeah. Plus, which, uh, which they have, of course, called a uh, reverse takeover. I heard that termed over the week. That's what she said. And <laughs> so you can do it with anything. It's just not hard. Uh, that's what she said. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the, uh, so so we, we know that about James Packer. We know that he's not going to do anything that is in his financial lack of interest mm-hmm. or disinterest mm-hmm. or uh, to, to his detriment Well, he doesn't want to sta- start a land war in Asia, I'm sure, with Gary Stokes. The, know, it's it's kind of – it potentially has that kind of a ramification. But why did he Why did he buy into Channel 10 in the first place? And I think that is just to get Lachlan Murdoch in there uh, to be – Because Lockie didn't have enough money of his own? Or? No, because Lo- Lachlan Murdoch didn't have enough – television power of his own. James Packer comes from a television, uh, an Australian television company. Hmm. Lachlan Murdoch comes from a multimedia conglomerate company that he left. Uh, that is not the Australian landscape of, of television. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of to, to give people a little bit more confidence in, in Lachlan Murdoch coming on board. And as soon as uh, as soon as he's there, and they get a new person in, J- James leaves. I, I think the I'm pretty sure the, the Channel Ten stock price took a bit of a hit when James left. Uh, yeah, but it didn't matter because James had left. Like it didn't matter to James because James had left. I think I don't. I, I I couldn't see James Packer staying at ten for very long anyway. So, who's on nine? Who's running nine then? 
That's James. CVC. Yeah, no, no one. No, James. James is completely sold out of uh, Channel nothing 9. Nothing to do with 9. Too. No one's actually Ten running Channel is, 9. 10 uh, is Lachlan. Uh, and and a bunch of other people. And 7 is... Kerry Stokes. Kerry Stokes. Right. Uh, the, as, as these... Uh, as these things grow, they are just getting eaten up and eaten up and eaten up by larger companies and are becoming a less and less and less important part of those of those companies. And I think that's that's the way James Packer sees it as well. He's he never wanted to to go back into television. He you know, he's he's been talking about He's always had a jubby for casinos. Yes. Yep. Uh for want of a better phrase. And uh and I just I just don't I just never saw it. Uh there's still the the question of what is going to happen to channels ten and eleven, and one. One is already mm-hmm. changing. We've already seen s- some changes on one. Mm-hmm. There was talk last week of uh, channel ten becoming less news orientated, and uh, and eleven kind of letting go of some of their property to to go back to channel ten. I can't. I I just. I've had a couple of interesting conversations with a friend of mine who's who actually works for Murdoch, who works for News Limited, um, who who is of the view that Lachlan Murdoch actually wants to create something akin to Fox News. Um, he'd he'd be all up for that, whereas Jamie Packer doesn't see that as uh, a, a valuable thing to to foster. Uh, to, to Fox News or to or to f- the Fox Network in no, the no, US? No, Fox News. Fox News. Out of channel, out of channel so, 10. Yes. And have 11 as the entertainment channel and 10 as well, largely a news channel. You know, with Lachlan uh, in, in, as number one there on the board now, there's nothing particularly that's, uh, that's going to stop it. Also, um, in these conversations, we've had, you know... I, I asked him. So, so what happens? Does does Rupert can you, does can Rupert you actually us, get on the Skype when you say, and, and when give you say you, a news give you, limited? Sorry, Brett. When you say news limited employee, mm-hmm. can you give us an understanding of the like? Is this is this somebody who uh, who hands out copies of MX, or <laughs> or is it somebody who actually works in an office somewhere? Is it somebody who works in an office in Australia, or is it someone who works in an office in uh, in Baltimore, like in Australia? Okay. Uh, a known employee. A known employee. Yes. Like widely known employee. If if you uh, if you consume the uh, the news limited uh, uh, content, then yes, you're not. Okay, so person. so it's 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 a a legitimate source, it's not just yes. okay. Yeah, it's okay. not the newsboy down the corner. It's like okay, game of guess who. <laughs> <laughs> Does um, your source? But I, I also kind of had a bit of a conversation with him about so so, you know what what happens there at the office each each morning is is uh, Rupert on the on the phone giving directives about exactly what he wants is is that how he how it's all run, and and he actually his his answer is something that's uh, kind of made me think and and ponder on it for a little while, which is that the people that get the jobs. They don't need to be directed for what Rupert needs or wants or or whatever. And this, I I think that just having the Murdoch name as a media owner is going to have this kind of effect, 
the people that get the jobs that that want to go and work for them, they they're actually in a position where they want to go to the place that they think is going to make the owner happiest. And so, what you can actually have is News Limited with Rupert owning it, but with his staffers actually pushing the bounds further than he would actually want. Right, because because, because, they, they because they know that he so is so eager to to please. Right. Right. That that kind of that kind of oh. makes sense. So you, you see Channel Ten going that way well, as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit concerned that maybe that might start happening. Because I actually think the future is in Eleven. I think the future of that of that network is in Eleven of concentrating their uh, their efforts. One and Eleven are going to win for for that network. One is what? One, One as sport. sports. Network. If if they stayed concentrated on uh, sport with one. And entertainment with eleven, uh, and news with ten. Mm-hmm. They're covering all of their bases. Ten will be the lowest rating of them all. Say in five years' time, and people have gotten over the whole stigma of the uh, of the alternate channels. Yep. Uh, and you know, if if they really committed to that now, playing the long game, they would win out in five years. But it seems they're not committed to playing the long game on the news stuff. Well, they're not committed they're, to they're anything. This is this is the problem with, uh, with with the takeover. This is the problem with James Packer leaving so quickly. This is the problem with the whole industry at the moment is they're not committed to anything. Mm-hmm. Dave, you've, you've, worked, uh, you, you've worked in the industry. You've worked mm-hmm. particularly with uh, Channel 7 in the past. Yeah. How are they with commitment? <laughs> I've worked with, I've worked <laughs> with both 7 and 10 uh, in the past. Um... Look, I've I've always I've enjoyed being in at seven and and look ten I didn't have a whole lot to do with when I was working at ten I was working on a show called Gorilla Gardeners which they commissioned oh, yeah. two two series straight up and only played one series and I think it was it was doing all right I mean it was I think at its best it was getting about eight hundred thousand before they moved it to Sunday night and I never understood that and they never brought it back and there's another series floating around somewhere so I don't know what they're doing with that or. Uh, why they can't make a decision about what to do with that. Um, but Seven, you know, I worked on The Bounce uh, at Channel 7, and, and, and that it's got, s- lasted six episodes. Speaking honestly about The Bounce, because it lasted six episodes, but four of those were under one showrunner and, and two yeah. were under another. Uh, yeah. If uh, if it had continued under the new show showrunner, if, if there had been a commitment to actually go through it all, would it have found its feet? Do, do you think? I mean, just it's it's speculation, yeah. and and without without pointing fingers at, at anyone, do you think it was possible, or do you do you now think that Channel Seven made the right decision? Oh, look, I think it's it's hard. There weren't you need to m- keep making changes to a show like that, and there weren't a whole lot of huge changes that were made during the time I was I was there. Which what I noticed about Ben Elton's show is whether people liked it or not. There were clear changes each week. They made, you know, they worked out what wasn't working and still gave it a go and tried out, you know, got rid of characters that weren't working and and you know still didn't work. But and still, girl flat went on. Like and well, just girl flat went on, but they'd obviously spent a bit on the set. That was the only set on the whole show. The, but there, there were changes. They were obviously coming in on a Monday and trying to make changes, working out what wasn't working, and and made the changes. Um, with the bounce, I'd, I, I don't, I don't know. I think. 
everyone was hoping that it would find its feet eventually or that it would find an audience because it didn't, it didn't appeal to the footy heads uh, because they would go watch the footy show mm. and um, it was hoping to appeal to the family audience that would watch before the footy show. Which is, you know, ske- sketches like the kids on the fence mm. and stuff. That That's what that was obviously aimed yeah. at. Yeah, that, well, that was, you know, going for the... And uh, a lot of the feedback, I think, that, that I got was... People said, look, I enjoyed it, but we're only allowed to watch one footy show in my house and I'm not. I'm going to watch the footy show to get my footy news. Uh, so it was... Maybe there was just... There's too who's, much footy. I re- who's making these rules? Oh, I don't know. You can only watch one... I didn't realise you're only allowed to watch one footy show well, per week yeah. in one house. Well, that came from a lot of... Is uh, that Oztam? Uh, Do Oztam make those rules? I don't know where they, <laughs> where they come from. Uh, but you do have to make... Um, make steady changes and work out and have, and have meetings and work out what what's not working and what is working and uh especially when you're producing and you need someone driving driving the show uh not not like uh, I'm not talking about the host or you know what but Pete you, was doing but you need but, a, uh, a visionary a visionary someone who can see exactly what needs to happen and and um and and be in charge which is the exact same uh it's the exact same criticism that people had of Let Loose Live, which is another mm. ch- Channel 7, sure, let's call it failure, uh, that there wasn't a single person in charge. There were too many people in charge. Yeah. The problem with uh, Ben Elton Live from P- Planet Earth is there was one person in charge and there was no one else to... to no moderating influence. Yeah. There's... Is there... It's, it seems like we still haven't worked out the balance... Or maybe there isn't actually a rule. And in, a, in an industry where we try to put rules on everything, there isn't actually a, a rule. Ben Elton needs a writing partner. He needs, he needs a moderating influence. Uh, a show like The Bounce needs a visionary, someone whose baby it is, who really wants to, to see it become something. Yeah, well, I think there was, you know, um, Rick McKenna, who was producing that, uh, did... You know, I think he could see in his head what he wanted it to be, and believed, um, you know, uh, believed, you know, he he had something there, and uh, I just needed someone to, because um, Rick, you know, is a producer, and I think there's two types of producers. There's there's the creative producer, and there's the well, I suppose you call it a line producer who mm. does all the, you know, make the sure sums, all the sums, and make sure the camera's there. And you need, um, I, I think, a good creative producer. Um, it's almost like a creative director, in, you know, I suppose, in an advertising agency who, or, who says yes or no to to what goes through. Um, and I think they're very hard to come by, a good creative producer who makes hard decisions and and will you do have to get rid of people at some, some time as well. It's not, and it's, it's it's not a nice business. Is willing to make the hard calls but also take the hard calls. Yeah. And that's the... I mean, that that's what I saw was one of the problems with, uh, with Ben Elton's show, is that he was possibly willing to make the hard calls but not take the hard calls. Yeah. Uh, and, and you have to take the blame as well as, as, well as trying to, to maintain control if you're going to be in that, in that position. But Ben just got, got, uh, got garroted by the conspiracy of Twitter. Well, that's true. Mm. That's true. Twitter is a very, very powerful yeah, force, <laughs> uh, as, uh, as Charlie Sheen will, uh, will no doubt attest. Mm. Charlie Sheen, one million followers in, uh, in 24 hours. Uh, which is the first time I think that his ratings actually have gone up. So uh, that's 
That's a, a win for him. <laughs> uh, I think you're right there, though, when you're saying you, if you make a decision, you've got to stick by that decision and know, but also know if you've made a bad decision. But you need someone to make a, a decision and sort of guide the team that, that you've got there, yeah. you know, in the studio. And, and, and it is a very hard job from producers that I've seen. One, um, the first ever show I worked on was um, on Nickelodeon, would have been two, early 2000s. And the producer on that was um, a lady her name's Marianne Carroll, and she's <gasps> now Mac. Mac. She, I think everyone knows knows about Mac. Yeah, has heard about City Mac. Homicide yeah. and All Saints, and yeah. has just done done some great work. Yeah. Now she 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 was incredible, and for the first this was pretty much the first ever job that I that I had. So I came into contact with this person they called Mac, and she she could make decisions and would you know if if you weren't doing your job she'd tell you straight away why you weren't doing your job um and she, she worked really hard and was across everything so she was the sort of producer that if if you if you asked her a question she could answer it wasn't sure or had to ask someone else she, but she was you know at the top of the mm. you know the, the top of the list when when you had a question you went straight to her and she she had the answer for it um and she's an example of someone who i think you know just knows knows how to do a job and could see what she wanted and could get what she wanted and um by assembling a good team around it but uh there's so many the definition of producer there's so many different sorts of producers that i've, I've worked with um, well and that that was uh, again one of the problems with uh with, with the bounce because rick mckenna was there the whole time yeah but there were other people uh beneath rick who were in charge of a more creative part of of the show yeah, it's uh, it's. Weird. I mean, again, for me, uh, I was in. I probably turned up one day a week into the into the office, so I wasn't involved in you were a lot lazy. of the politics. No, because I was, very lazy. I would have loved to have been in there. You know, turned up as a, you know, every day and had a place to go to. Um, but I would turn up, and you know, scripts scripts were being written and, uh, you know, passed around, and then you get the show run down the day before the show was going to air. Uh, and then I'd find out what I was doing then. But, uh, you know, Rick, I think he was very good at assembling, um, you know, getting it all happening. So in terms of, you know, getting the studio to say, yes, we're going to make this this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had also, uh, there was a, now Pip Mushroom was producing it. Who's, uh, uh, so he was the... He was the producer of um, of the bounce, and and he's been he's been around for a long, long time. He was doing uh, front of camera stuff uh, on a Channel Ten movie show years and years and years ago. Uh, he was on a picnic ad many, on, many many years and ago. He was on uh, Frontline as well, and, and he was on Frontline as uh, uh, as cameraman. Right. So yeah. So Pip. Um, so Pip was in charge, I suppose, in charge of sort of putting the show together. This is what I got from when I would turn up for my one day a week. Was in charge of putting the show together, um, and there was, and there was a lot of like very talented writers there as well. That, but it just all seemed to get lost in a in a big you know in a big office where it all sort of got should have got funneled into into one point to 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 put the show together. But for me, uh, you know, I would get things very late in the week to. To work on and understand how the show was put so together. So, if if you were playing hypothetical, and uh, and we had it on the other news stories, but we just won't bother with them because this is far more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, play, playing a hypothetical, if you were a TV producer now, mm-hmm. and you saw the patterns 
of behaviour that you saw on your one day a week mm-hmm. going into the bounce, would would that be a, a warning sign to you? Would you would you go, oh well, hang on, something's going wrong? Uh, for me, one thing I would have liked earlier earlier on uh, is for everyone to sit in a big room, and I, that didn't happen for me. Everyone sort of was given their jobs and gone off into their corners. I would have loved to have sit in, sit in a big room for a day, even a week. Like in a writer's room. In a writer's room and just throwing around everyone throw your and ideas and just and every, as many ideas you can put on a whiteboard, work it out, work out what the show is with Pete, Pete in there as well. Um, and this may have happened without me with me there because I was, you know. Just, just the, the secret I was, fun I, meeting. I was the, the secret <laughs> fun meetings they had. And I, I think that's... It's it's really important to get to get in that room with, with everyone and hear everyone's ideas and and what they think the show is and what they think it's going to be because um, I was told that you know the show was what I was told it was going going to be you know it was a big uh, the, the shiny floor show uh, and the idea that appealed to me was that it was the Saturday night oh, it wasn't Saturday night but the, the fish and chip show where you can sit with your family watch fish and chips you can walk in and out of the room the sort of show that keeps the lounge room warm um, I, I would call it f- football variety yeah. Yeah, well, that's what it was. And yeah. th- that's what it, that's what it, you know. That's what the product was. It was football variety. But for me, I really missed that opportunity to sit in a room, and that's what I was looking forward to with this show, with working with people like like Peter Hellier, uh, right, and see, Ray Matson, Jason yeah. Marion. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, had some excellent Declan, writers. Declan, Declan Faye. Faye. Yep. Uh, had some excellent writers until they walked out, and I would have I would have really loved to have. Sat in a room with all those people for a day and sort of said, "Here's some like little ideas that I've got floating around in my head." And a couple of times I did come into the office with a, you know a few little ideas, but um, because you know they're they're working on things and it's and then it's got to get filtered up and then it ends up in someone's inbox and it's you know someone's got to make a decision whether that's a good idea or not a good idea, uh, and I'm not sure if those decisions were made, but I, I really think it's important to. If I was putting together a show, I would assemble my team of writers, producers, line producers, field producers, all sit in a room with my idea and then ask them their ideas and uh, try and piece it together like that. When you're cobbling together a team from a bit here and a bit there, it is important to to do it that way. Um, You know, it it kind of reminds me, Brett, do you remember when we had Daniel Burt on the show Mm. and he gave us an insider's view of, of what happens with uh, the Is late show, with Letterman. David Letterman, yeah, uh, and uh, and and one of the the big revelations was that Dave Letterman has sign off on every single joke that goes to air. Right, all the jokes go to the head writer. The head writer will edit them down, take them to Dave. Dave will go through and edit them further, rewrite some, and so there, there is this very definite chain of command. That and there is a process for it because they do it every single day, and also all the way down to when he's actually on camera. He'll, he'll yeah. look at a card and no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, check yeah. that one. Ch- change his mind after he's signed off on something and just you know go back to it. And 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 there needs to be that discipline yeah. to have a show that looks as smooth as as that as that show is. And, yeah, and so that that doesn't seem to be what what happened. There with the bounce, um, you know, it, it, there wasn't the opportunity for those uh, those habits to fall into with with Ben Elton's show. I mean, mm. they didn't have any chance. The show was terrible. Don't get me wrong. I I did not enjoy a single second of Ben Elton Life on Planet Earth. But it does take time for those habits to 
to get involved. And and we just don't have the commitment to the... No. Well, I think with Ben Elton, you could see that they've, they've gone, this works. What was the um, the, the interview of the lady? In, uh, Genevieve uh, Morris. Yep. They've gone, she's worked. People are responding well to her. And then as soon as they, um, Paul McCarthy did his um, Julia Gillard... Gillard she was back the next week. So they obviously sat down and thought, this is working, this is working, let's try and move this forward in the show. Let's move. We can't move Girl Flat because we've told them that's going to be on next week. Um, Which was just a shame. That was just, you know, that, but again, that was, you know, six minutes out of a show. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, well, if, even if it's yeah, loosened, it even like if, an hour. It, I know. But even if you could loosen up, let's just loosen up that whole Girl Flat segment and um, got your your celebrity guest in to play a character in that sort of, and just make it loose and show that it's live. And even if people stuff up and are reading off cue cards, I mean, that could have made it more fun. And and which is exactly what which, what they used to do on AMT back in the day. <laughs> right, and but that also, was, did it work? Yeah, it, yeah. it worked really well because it was because they were having fun with it. Hmm. And I think that's that's one of the problems as well. It's it's something that we did see with the bounce that people on air were having fun with it. Yeah. Uh, you and Pete were clearly having fun while taping, uh, but Life on Planet Earth, they did not have fun with it. And but also, you, you I think, that, thing, but sorry, it does take three or four you, weeks, to, or you the same even more, to Nickelodeon you as well. When, when you're on Nickelodeon in the, in the mornings, it was so clear that you were having fun on that show. Yeah, well, that was that was great. But that we rehearsed that for we had a. Um, with that, this was a show called SNTV, which was bought from a UK format called SMTV Live. Um, we had we'd shoot four shows uh, every two weeks, so two weeks of that was rehearsing the shows, and we'd rehearse it so we knew it backwards and forwards, and we could afford to have fun. And that's I think the rehearsal process it, you really need to rehearse, and um, and you can't underestimate how how important that is to to know exactly what's happening. So w- once everyone's across it, you can start to have fun. But if you're on the edge of your seat. Which was maybe with the maybe they did re- rehearse for the Ben Elton show, but they were you just you just fingertips just, just, trying just to hang, hold on. hanging on, um, you know, just not wanting to stuff it up. And a lot of those, I think, the performers w- was their first TV gigs as well. So being thrown into that, you'd be you'd be shitting yourself. Yeah. Also, you know, looking looking at this uh, posthumously, th- I can't see any reason or any benefit there was to the show being live. No, there was no. Well, and, and there is, it was only there, detrimental there be, because you, you you couldn't have a retake, and so everybody was shitting themselves that they were going to get their lines mm. wrong, and and would just be really uptight like that. Whereas if they had have been filming it and and have a few takes that they were able to do, and they could play around with it, they would actually get a much more comfortable sketch show. But the idea behind Let Loose Live was that it would be live. But they could have fun with it. They could muck around. They could make mistakes. Uh, they could they could be real, and it didn't work for 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 that either. Like Tracy Jordan doing his yeah, yeah. I'm breaking. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh there there are, I think there are, there are problems either way. And and if you can pull off, if you can pull off a really well rehearsed, really well choreographed, really well planned live show to make it look completely smooth and and just perfect then then that would be a great show hmm. in the same way that if you can pull off a a loose fun everyone's in on the joke because we're stuffing up and that's that's part of the fun show like loose life if you can pull that off hmm. that would work as well the problem is when you get to comedy 
And particularly when you're talking about comedy, that stuff that seems improvised, that stuff that seems like you're just making it up on the spot, that stuff that, and this is, you know, peeking behind the curtain, people, so if you don't want to hear this, close your ears for a second. These these are the secrets. Tripod, Leonard Woodley, all the, uh, even, you know what? Everybody who thinks Ross Noble improvises his entire show, he doesn't. Everything is planned. Everything he might have bits that he knows so well he can move in and out of, but every single thing is planned. And you don't get to be that good, you don't get to be that polished unless you have that planning behind it. Yeah, well you can't you can't go off the script and I I don't think until you know the script. Yeah. Because you've got to be able to come back to it. Because if you, you, you know the rules to break the yeah, rules. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think if you, if you look like you're stuffing up and because you're, you're genuinely, genuinely stuffing up, it, that's, you're going to look... It looks a bit look desperate like an, and yeah, sad. Yeah. So you've got to know where you're coming back or where you can stuff up and even rehearse those, um, those moments where, where you are going to stuff up. And that's the key to a, a great performer, I think. Someone that can make it look like it's the first time that, that, it, that yeah. it's ever happened. And the, and the key to being uh, jaded old hands... Like like we are, yeah. uh, is is to not care, is to you know see the beauty in the in the work, <laughs> and it's you know and I still love I still love that stuff. I still it's like you know when I go and see magicians and I, was, I know exactly how that trick's done, but it was done so well. Yeah. <laughs> it was no, done so well. I've never seen any any money talk about uh, uh, life from planet Earth. Maybe it was just budgetary stuff. I, I reckon it's got to be cheaper just to shoot it all once doing it live than it is to have those retakes. Well, I was, I mean, you're still employing I was, everybody. I couldn't work out if they were off auto-cue, and I think sometimes they were off. There was a bit of auto-cue going on with the... And if you're just relying on the on the auto-cue, you're not going to stuff up there. You're just going to keep barreling through. And, I mean, that's yeah. when, when I was on the, doing the bounce, we did the little kids on the fence, and that was on auto-cue, which meant, you know, I didn't have a... I would have preferred to have rehearsed it, rehearsed it, rehearsed it till we knew it inside and out, and then just gone for it and had sort of elements come in that sort of could stuff it up but with life from planet earth i don't i don't know how much rehearsal they put into it but i think that's where maybe maybe it's a budgetary thing in australia where um i think you need a lot of time to rehearse and get the shows and maybe they just sort of have the running sheet the the auto cue rolls through the through the um the show lineup and you just sort of go through it off the page which i think your performers really need to just know their stuff I think uh, I think which, whichever way you look at it, we're in trouble with with commitment, with taking the risk in this country. And I think the the thing that we see with Channel Ten, uh, the uh, the you know it, it, moving chairs on the Titanic, essentially, everyone knows that they're sinking. No one really understands why. Channel Ten. Yeah, this the stuff with Channel Ten. Okay, that's how we started. I'm not, talking. I'm not sure they're sinking. No, I'm saying the whole industry is sinking. Okay. As everyone is sinking. So Warburton coming over from Channel 7 to Channel 10, it makes no difference. Right, it's it's not going to make a huge difference to Channel 10 uh, if Channel 10 can stay true to what they've already started setting up. Uh, it's not going to make a huge difference to Channel 7 because they've got enough people behind them. to. But, but it's going to take commitment to... Uh, to make these things pay off, mm-hmm. and it's gonna it's gonna mean you know, taking a few hits at the start, and and I, I truly think that that was why Channel Ten took the risk with the current affairs and the local news uh, for years six o'clock and six thirty that they'd taken that risk with the seven pm project 
let it run over summer, let it just weather all the and criticism it, from people saying, off. oh, my God, it's so terrible. And it nine months later, it was number one in its spot. And mm. that's – but, you know, we, it's a very rare thing that, that we see. It's, this has been a fascinating conversation. Thank, thank you so much, Dave. Oh, I'm fascinated that, by it myself. It would be great to work out if you could work out – what well, makes things work? That's and secret. That's that's secret. Got a, it is. I've got a formula at the moment. I just, I just need to work out what the constants are. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> if you can work it out, it, uh, it would be great. I mean, uh, just this month, we might be running out of time on this, yeah. but uh, in Gordon Street tonight, you've seen... Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, that runs along smoothly. You can see where the edit points are, obviously, with that. But I, um, for me, that, that, is, that is easy to watch. I don't find myself watching that in the same way that I was watching Life on Planet Earth because I was watching Life on Planet Earth to see it all sort of just unravel mm. in front. Looking mm. forward to the... Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't know why. And you, you want it to work and you want it to be great, but it, it, it didn't. And um, maybe that's, there's a part of me that wonders why I wasn't asked, why and I wasn't asked to be in, you know, in that, in that cast. And I, did you put your name should, down for it? No, no. Lots I never, of people did. Did they? Yeah. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. I and know, that... I even, even, <laughs> didn't even know about it. And that is the very rambly but hopefully informative box cutters news. Hi, <laughs> I'm really lucky to be the guest of this funny, sexy, gorgeous looking man and that lady over there. This is Peter Rosethorne and you're listening to the box cutters. It's my turn now, is it? It's, it's let's let's do this. Don't want to throw let's, you with the RID there. <laughs> now this smooth, it, it is smooth, I'm this is going to be smooth. I'm going to make this smooth. It's time to um, open up your purses, I think. Uh, because you uh, you need to donate to the box cutters now. A lot of people don't realise they're getting this for free. This is free. It's true that box cutters comes to you free of charge every week with some of the greatest news and opinion about television that there is in this whole wide world. It's also true that it takes a lot of time and hard work to put together every episode. We're trying hard to expand the coverage we give to the world of television, but we need your help. Every dollar that you donate to Box Cutters goes to helping the wheels keep turning on the hours of research, planning and coordination that goes into making each episode, like this one. How, much, how many hours did you put into this one? 17, I think. 17 that. hours. Yep. That's, yeah. And that's just Brett. And that's just, just that's, Brett. That's, that's, and that's, that's just me. Uh, me, I, I put in th- this week actually not not as much, but this is probably about a seven a seven hour. How much did you get paid for those seventeen plus seven hours? Uh, well, just just what people have donated, which you, which honestly, it's, it's it's not much. Like we're, we're very grateful. So we just need a who, dollar dollar here and there. Or? Dollar here and I there. Got to make myself a coffee. That's you made true. a coffee. You did do that. So that, that's all. all a dollar, dollar fifty. I'll give you what's in that's my. So I'll give you what's in my pocket right now. What don't. Do, no, because you need to get home as well. Like, no, I'll leave myself a little. <laughs> What's that? That's so. That's I got two dollars, two forty. That that helps. There there are options on the website. You can donate five dollars a month, three dollars a month, ten dollars a month, whatever you can afford. Two dollars fifty if that's all you've got in your pocket. Uh, there's the option to do that as well. So just a little bit of loose change. Some folding stuff is nice as well. Yep. Um, but please donate to the Box Cutters by going to the website at boxcutters.net and clicking on one of the donate options. There's donate options on the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, $3, $5, $10. Oh, okay. I'll put this back in my yeah, pocket. But yeah, hold, hold on to that. It would mean a lot to us and will directly translate to better content for you. So please donate. Thanks, Dave. That was uh, spontaneous. It was, wasn't it? This is Alma from Sesame Street and you're listening to Box Cutters, baby. <laughs> The Chicago Code is a new show from uh, the US. Uh, it airs on the oh, the I've closed that window network. 
uh, in the US. Uh, it's it's on Fox, uh, mm. and this is th- this comes from the mind of Sean Ryan, who people may remember as the creator of The Shield, mm. which was on Fox's basic cable cousin FX, uh, where they could say shit at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't do that on Fox because it's network television, so it's bound by the FCC. Uh, and and so he, he has these constrictions, but also he has the history of having created The Shield, which is one of the greatest television series of all time. I say that with no hyperbole at all. Better than John from Cincinnati? Yeah. Better than Deadwood, The Wire? I think it's uh, I think it's on par with The Wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is better than Deadwood, uh, and I loved Deadwood. I think I think the especially the the final, the final season of the Shield and the final episode of the Shield uh, at the time uh, when when it aired, uh, there were three three of my favorite shows ended that year, and that was I, I've said this before: Sopranos, The Wire, and The Shield. Mm-hmm. The Shield's final episode was far and away one of the greatest things I've ever seen on television. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the Shield. Where was that set? Uh, that that was set in Los Angeles. Right. Uh, it was a a cop drama mm-hmm. with an anti-hero focus, uh, and just just extraordinary. It, from the first episode, you watch the first episode and you go, "Oh yeah, it's another cop show. Whatever, whatever, whatever." Right. You get to the end of the first episode, you go, "Oh my god, what did I just okay. see?" All right, might be worth. I've, well, I've got that one saved. I can. With, yeah, you should. Uh, I can go through through what you went through. Yeah, please do. <laughs> please, sure, I, got I, that I'm for so, Christmas. I got the first season for Christmas. I'm so jealous of. Uh, of people who have you know, my, my brother is still going through Lost but every time he comes across a, a something he will text me uh, a discovery that he's had and uh, and I'm so jealous of people who get to experience these things for the first time yeah it's anyway so Sean Ryan created The Shield which I love we all know that uh, he also created The Chicago Code which is of course set in Chicago uh, stars Jennifer Beals who people may remember Howdy. From Flash Flashdance. Dance. Flashdance. Uh, Lot less uh, leg warmer action. Uh, and <laughs> Australia's own Jason Clark, who had to legally change his name to Australia's own Jason Clark. <laughs> hey, I, I couldn't... When I was... I've only seen the, the, the first pilot episode of this, and I couldn't pick him where I'd seen him or where I knew Jason Clark from. It's got, a, real, it's got quite a distinctive face. It's pretty flat. It, it's, it, it, it looks right. fairly, you know... <laughs> Continental, I guess. Yeah, he, he He's not a pretty man. Well, he plays a, Pol- a Polish uh, detective in this, but I, I, I didn't make the leap to him being Australian because he's very convincing as a as a Chicago cop for me. And well, I, and I don't think he had any major roles in uh, in Australian TV. Guess uh, baddies and and cops. Uh, he was in Rabbit Proof Fence and yep. uh, Blue Healers, then and All Saints and bit of did some way out yeah. some Wild Sides, some Stingers. You know, he's he's pretty much done. Everything that was made in Australia. He'd done the guest um, role yeah. the circuit. But at the same time, he was doing overseas work, wasn't he? Uh, possibly. Was, was he doing some movie stuff over there? But I was listening to an interview with, uh, with Sean Ryan on the very good show from uh, uh, Los Angeles Public Radio, The Business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sean Ryan was saying that it's very hard to find... American leading men who actually look like actual human beings. That they're all, you know, pretty, chiseled, white teeth. And it's very hard to find, you know, just someone who looks like a football player. 
someone who looks like they've been around a bit. Which someone- is why we've seen so many new shows come up in the last three years, I guess now, uh, looking at life and uh, that strange time travel thing out of San Francisco where they had Scottish leads and English leads and Australian leads. And there's a there's another uh, one... Uh, Sits down in Florida, I think. Uh, which oh, the glades, the glades, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which uh, I, I was quite thrilled because I very much uh, recognised the lead in that uh, from Sea Patrol, Navy Sea Boat. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a cop show. It's a cop show. Jennifer Beals plays the uh, chief inspector of the Chicago police. Uh, Jason Clark plays this uh, this. Polish policeman who is looking out for his niece, but is also, you know, plays by his own rules. That's pretty much how he talks. Now, his niece is also a cop. His niece is also a cop. It's not like she's a a little girl. Uh, And uh, and Matt Laurier, who people might remember from the latest seasons of Friday Night Lights, excellent young actor, uh, plays his new partner. And he's always got a new partner. It's, he's that kind of a cop. Yeah. His partners don't last long. Because always. it seemed like they were going to be um, paired up together after the end of the first episode. That This doesn't... He gets sick of this kid, does he? He gets sick of this kid in the second episode. and oh, uh, really? and But the kid manages to just, you know, get one more day, one more day, okay. one more day. So that's, that's how that's... impressive enough to stick it through. Uh, nothing, I think, is going to really explain how I feel about this show as well as this little bit of uh, opening monologue from the first episode. Driving through the city, it's easy to see the greatness of Chicago, but there's a history behind it we've never been able to escape. Growing up, I witnessed firsthand the effects of the Chicago way. My dad had to pay off city inspectors for building code exemptions. Paid off precinct captains to get the trash collected on time. Paid off thugs for protection. Until finally, there wasn't any money left. It broke my father's heart and cost my parents their marriage. It's taken more than 30 years since then, but I am finally in a position of power to do something about it. Superintendent Colvin, it's my committee that has oversight of the police department. I'm just asking for the resources to address one of the city's biggest problems. Squandering money that we don't have on a task force with the vague mission of city corruption. There's nothing vague about it. You can draw a direct line from government corruption to street crime, especially drugs and robberies. If you find evidence of specific crimes and you have the resources to investigate those cases. So your request for additional task force funds is hereby denied. I'm sorry. And that, that that really sums up the show. It is about it, it is about corruption in government. It's about a, it's about some cops who really try to. It's it is it is just about cliche after cliche and, after cliche. And sets up the the two main uh, opponents. In yeah, the, show. the other voice you heard there uh, was Delroy Lindo, who you might remember from Everything. Excellent actor, excellent actor. And and there you know there are some really good actors in this show. It's just the material doesn't doesn't support it. I, yeah. I, I find the, doesn't it? The, no, I I think it's I think it's a little bit. Well, f- okay, the first episode, which is the only one that you've seen, Dave. Yeah, it's. I'm sure you'll 
you'll agree it's it's almost impossible to see how uh, Jennifer Beals can stay so petite when she's eating that much scenery. <laughs> the- <laughs> she's... It, it it's very hard to. I'm not sure if it, it gets easier, to, but to buy her as the superintendent that she is the superintendent. That's I don't know that. I, I don't know how, how she got the, the casting. I mean, she, she's she's good actor. Well, there's, there's backstory yeah, there's no about exactly how she is the superintendent. But she's like the hottest one in the force. She got there in you know. That's not she, why she got it. She said, "What she'd be there in ten years, but she made it in eight. That's right, isn't it? She was going to be yeah. superintendent. But why did she get there? Because her dad... No, because... Uh, the alderman wanted somebody that he could control in the position of superintendent. That's right. So the idea, the idea is that the alderman Little is corrupt. Little do you know that, he, that she grew up with this, uh, this background the, yeah, of her father yeah, being pick, driven out of business and out of his wedding. Uh, apparently not dead yet, though, but we haven't seen him uh, the, in, uh, in four episodes. The, uh, I found it really, really cliched, but it... It's got so much promise. It's shot really nicely. Yeah. It's acted quite well. Really nice chase scenes around some Chicago. Some great chase scenes, some really good special effects in it. Like there's there's a lot of really good stuff that's going that's going through this show. Mm. And I, I think that the And you didn't mind the, the great big letters that they had to get out of the way of in the opening titles there, like you were in fringe. Yeah, it didn't didn't annoy me nearly that's as much. What excellent. did annoy me were the multiple voiceovers. So you know, I, I don't like a voiceover. At little the, character the backstories, little. It's kind of trying a a, a Martin Scorsese, uh, Goodfellas Casino kind of thing, where you've got multiple people telling telling the one story. Except there's, I've seen four episodes, and there seems to be like we never go back to the one person telling the story. We we don't know. It's not the story of the city and it's not the story of any particular policeman or woman. It's it's not anyone's really? isn't it? Yeah, no, it's it's not because everyone has a voiceover. Because every every single character gets even even the, you know, Shmagegi who gets killed in the first episode, spoiler, but you know, I'm saying Shmagegi, I'm not telling you exactly who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was hers. That wasn't his. Wasn't it? He had a voiceover. The, didn't, didn't she talk about how no, no, the, she no, saved the, him from gang life? Yes, yeah, she did. And then he did as well. He, You've just given more spoiler than I gave. Uh, he, um, Everyone, everyone gets a voiceover in this show. And even, even the bad alderman later there's, on. There's no, nobody telling the story. And that episode, episode four, which was written by some pretty heavy hitters, including Tim Minear, who has done a lot of, of great work. We've seen his his name on a lot of excellent things. Uh, they just can't make it work the way I see it. But, Brett, you seem to have enjoyed it. I, I, it's interesting. I, I watched most of the first three through twice. And the first time I watched the third one, I thought, oh, this is – something's gone wrong. It's it's lost its way. I, I, I actually felt like it's – um, had departed from from the, I, I guess, I'm not sure if it was the good action or the good drama, or but it seemed like it, it kind of fell into this quagmire of not really much happening. But the second time I watched it, there was a lot of, there was actually a lot of exposition in the third episode, which kind of screws without rule of three. Um, but uh, that kind of set up a lot more of the political battles that were going on. 
But their political battles that I just don't give a crap about. Like, uh, but having, that's what it's all about. It's no, about but good cops seen, who are trying to break but if you through want political battles, corruption. Watch the wire. You know, if you well, want, they're not making any more. If wire. you want, great. But this, but all these stories have been told in in much better ways. It's trying to be, it's trying to be the wire, and it's trying to be the shield, and it's and it's actually being neither. That's the way I see it. It's on a smaller scale than the wire. It doesn't go all the way up to the senators. And that doesn't matter. Is there any reference to flash dance in it? Does Jennifer Beals walk through a sort of uh, steel working yard and say something like? Uh, you know, I, I keep remember. waiting for, for her to, to weld something or take her bra off from underneath her, her T-shirt, which are the two things that I know she does very well. But uh, she does neither of those things. She, gets, she either gets better or I got immune to her right. or she gets less to do. Uh, but in that first episode, she's very hard to swallow. Right. It's, but she, I, I just found it hard just uh, seeing her. She's... Didn't seem strong enough in that in that role as as the superintendent, but I thought Jason Jason Clark was very good. I was mm. really happy to see her. And that's her muscle. And, yeah, that's that's, that's her muscle. Right, okay. That's her confidant. Uh, that's that's the only person she can trust, really. Um, and so they they have a lot of uh, of private conversations, and he he actually has to pay pay the price for that by how that's uh, how that's taken by the other cops that he works with, and you know, seeing as as getting special treatments, and they want to screw him over. And there, there are a couple of interesting sexual politics issues. In, in this show. Firstly, there were only two women in, in the whole show. One is uh, Wazowski's niece. niece, who seems to need constant His looking after. His father was slain in the line of duty. Who seems to need constant looking after and and is, is just something to look after. And then there's uh, the, the chief inspector, who... Uh, the what? What, what's superintendent. Superintendent. Yeah, that's another weird thing that that they've all got these titles that that you don't see in other cop dramas. There's the superintendent who uh, who should be a really strong character, who has gotten to be superintendent in in record time, who is a woman superintendent, but who is not in any way a strong character. Well, they refer to her as the prom queen in the, the other the other police officers. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know they call which, her the prom queen, and she's, which is fine. You know, if she's if she's pretty, but she's also good at her job. Mm-hmm. That's great. We see no evidence of her being good at her job. We see no evidence. Well, she's clearing out the dead wood, promoting uh, lazy homicide dudes to to commandant of brooms and mops. But she's got no one following her. She's she's a leader with no one following her. Yeah, she's a leader yeah. with a general. She's a and bit no naive soldiers. in the way that she's doing that, and that's. It, it seems to me like why, why are we watching that? Why are we watching weak? Because it's her battle as well. She wants to get rid of the corruption, but at the same time come to terms with how to wield true power. Did you see her take down a criminal at, at, at any point in it? Is she because she's obviously a good cop and she goes into a box at one point? Does she? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but not convincingly. With a guy with a gun. Yeah, that, this was right. <laughs> if she could take down someone convincingly and. It's it's not like it's it's not like the women cops that we had in the shield or in the wire where where these are these are women cops who can hold their own. This is 
this feels like a network television version of a female superintendent, not uh, not a a more realistic version. This is the thing that would uh, appeal to a wider audience, and and we're not seeing someone wield true power. We're not seeing someone uh, make a go of things. We're not seeing someone sit down at the table. Where we're seeing someone who is just continually frustrated rather than straws and not necessarily confident in and it just it just feels feels weak whereas all of the men all of the men are really strong characters and the very few women are very weak characters and uh is it a casting a casting problem do you think who if you could recast it do you is there anyone that pops to mind that you could stick it in the Kathy role Bates. of the no, Kathy Bates? Thinking about I would still, I, I would still want to have a really, a really a, attractive woman in her early forties. Uh, she's, she's actually late forties. She's forty-seven. She looks like she's in her early forties. I know. 40s. She's, she's I know, looking that's, really that's good. Because what about a Catherine Keener? Catherine Keener would be great. Catherine Keener would be fantastic. But I don't think it's just a casting decision. I mean, Jennifer Beale's not a great actor, but. Yeah. But probably could do well with some, some more direction and maybe some better writing. I think it's the writing that lets it down. That being said, it's it's fine to watch while doing your filing at the same time. Like it, I was, I watched a couple of episodes really intently. Uh, probably two two and a half episodes really intently. First time through the first two, this show really excited me. And then and then mm. I watched I watched. And I didn't, I didn't much like it when I watched it really intently. And then the last episode and a half, so I've seen four episodes, last episode and a half, I watched while also doing other things, and it was fine. Well, I might try and get my hands on another on the episode two and maybe three. And yeah, then see, we'll see how we go. See if you can see. So I'm, I'm not sure when or if this is going to air in Australia. I think it'll be a wait I'd and see. Harry's practice is uh, starting this week. I, I, know. I reckon it's going to be on, on network here pretty quick. Well, Channel 9 has some schedules to fill, so, you know, that's why Har- Harry's Law has uh, has come up. That's right. Did I say Harry's practice? You said Harry's practice, which <laughs> is <laughs> about <laughs> vets and anal glands. It's very similar. <laughs> Harry, it is Harry's practice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll, go, I'll have another look. I will have another look if, if anyone can get me a... Copy of episode two. I, sure. I don't know well, how you get uh, them, but um, I can. Uh, yeah, I'll, you? <laughs> I'll fly you over to uh, America. You can watch Hulu. Oh, when are we getting Hulu here? What? We're guess. not. Oh. Okay. That's uh, that's that's the Chicago Code. I was going. How do I finish this thing? That's the Chicago Code. Uh, if you're in the US, you can see that on Fox uh, on some night at some time. Uh, and if you're uh, in the rest of the world. Look Wait. out for it. It's all right. That! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this show. Crap TV. Something that uh, that has now, as we're recording this, uh, you, you might have watched it uh, while you were waiting for the live stream to come online. Ah, uh, oh, oh, Dave, we, we haven't told you about the camera for There's the video no podcast. Ca- Brett! Where's the camera for the video podcast? Why for the viewers? It doesn't exist. What is that? Yeah. Is that the speaker. That's a speaker. Thank you, Dave. Oh, no, you, the thing next to it. Yeah. In the speaker. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that uh, yeah, goes out live a, on the internet. So, that, so that's a tweeter. Some while you got a tweeter and a woofer. 
that that makes up a speaker. So that's not a camera. No, it's not a camera. I was going to say I didn't think that was legal. Yeah, it's not. Some may have or uh, real. <laughs> some may have seen uh, the first episode of Seven Thirty uh, while uh, also so, sorry, listening to us on the on the on Seven Thirty. What Seven Thirty. It's, on it's what the cha- great new on show. What cha- on what channel? 7.30. 7.30 report. The se- no. Oh, the 7.30 report. Oh, yeah, I love what, that show. What, it's the, it, it, it was precursed by the 7.30 report. Now it's just 7.30. What's 7.30? It's the uh, show called 7.30. That's just a time. It's called 7.30. Brett, that's just a no, time. No, you're talking about the no, 7pm project. This is ABC TV's 7.30, the new current affairs show. Uh, with uh, Chris Yorman and I'm thinking Tiki Fullerton, but it's, it's the other one. Um, what's her name? Uh, yeah. 730 Project? No, no, just 730. Oh. Just 730. 730 on, with on David and Kim? ABC One. No, just 730. It's, right. It's good that it's not a project. When's the 7pm project not going to be a project anymore and going to be the actual thing? Uh, oh, no, it's still, it's, still, it's still a project. It's still a project. Yeah, it's... Uh, Sorry, just so... so yeah, They're not saying the 7pm 7, 7 rehearsal. No. It's, it's just a, it's just a, it's a 7pm project. What it's you're saying is, when, when do they finally hand in the project for grading? Yeah, like it's a pro- if it's a project, now hand it in. Yeah. We want to, yeah, let's mark it. Yeah. I think it's about time. Uh, sorry. <laughs> the 7.30pm. 7.30. The 7.30pm report report. Yeah. The 7.30 report. So they've changed report. their name. Uh, to it is, Lee, it is Lee Sales and Chris Yorman. Hosting ABC's uh, flagship current affairs daily week daily uh, show How? that uh, breaks a lot of news has a lot of hard hitting interviews. If um, I if I was going to say the sentence, did you see uh, at seven thirty last night? Or did you see on seven thirty last night? Did you see seven thirty? Just after seven twenty nine. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see seven thirty last night? Yeah, it doesn't really work, and because because it is uh, this generator of, of news within itself, it, it talks to the the uh, people that are that are in power, that are making news, that are breaking news, and uh, investigative st- type stuff. Already, as I was driving down, listening to PM on on ABC Radio. Um, they they can't just call it seven thirty. They have to call it ABC TV's seven thirty or seven thirty. The the follow up to the seven thirty report, which starts tonight. Or they can't just say seven thirty. It is a stupid stupid name for a TV show, and it's it's just ST maybe. It's a little bit of uh, crap TV. That's sports tonight. You can't do it. Oh. ST. What time's that on? It's not normally about 10, isn't it? Right. 10 after the news, after the late news, sports tonight. And they didn't put the name, in the time in the title. The, the 10.30 Sports Tonight the Report. The 10.30 Sports Tonight Report project. So you've got to put the time in. If you're coming up with a new show, you've got to have the yeah, time. Yeah, you've, you've got to have the time in. You know, there's some irony with that. Because uh, 6 p.m. with uh, George Negus. That's, oh yeah, that's... Is replayed. At 10, is it? <laughs> 10, I've, <laughs> later, I've seen that. Later on in the night, late. yeah. Oh, interesting. Yes, uh, when it's not 6 p.m. at all. Interesting. Yes. Well, that's what you've got to do. You've got to put a. You've got to put the time of your show in 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 the title of your show. That's. If you watch one thing. Woo! <laughs> uh, D- Dave Wilson, <laughs> if you're going to watch one thing this this week, 
what what would it be? Would it well, be I've copies? had a look. At, I've had a look at the guide. Uh, there's not a lot on. I will be watching laid. Um, Laid will be my late. Laid will be the one show I will be making sure that I watch. Wednesday nights, ABC nine thirty. That's it. That's the one. Brett Cropley. Uh, my one thing was actually something that uh, I've I've been trying to bring to the table for a while to, for a bit of a review. I found it. I found it the other day. Oh, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, on that disc that I left in. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. So you've seen it? We can. Do, I haven't seen it yet, but I found it. Uh, this is a, a British series called Strike Back. Uh, it's on ABC One on Saturday nights between eight thirty and ten pm. Um, it's a it's a present day uh, story about troops that have gone over to the Middle East somewhere and had a bit of an incident. They've been kind of special forces been sent in for a, a specific mission. One, what well, you know, there's a bit of a snafu, and and uh, I, I'm not sure if it was just one of the of the elite troops, or if it was a few of them gets killed. Uh, but uh, it comes back and eggs in there, and uh, eggs a bit of a baddie. Egg from this uh, life. Egg from this life. I thought you said he comes in, he eggs in there. But he's okay, like, I don't know what that means. Is it a really bad fart? What's going on? He's also so, if you want to see a, Brett's show about really bad farts, it's called Strike Back. It's on eight thirty p.m. this Saturday on ABC, ABC One. Uh, I will be watching. It, it's this is a two-parter. Uh, oh, is it? A, yeah. On on one one interview, and this is going to air kind of as we're recording this, so it's a little bit late. But uh, David Frost interviewing Michael Parkinson, mm. uh, which is, you know, now, 9.30pm uh, Channel 9 on Monday, but then 9.30pm next Monday on Channel 9. Uh, so that would be Labor Day if you're in the uh, in, in Victoria and some other... Uh, That's the 14th so, of March. 14th, 14th of March, next Monday. Uh, Frost on Parkinson. So David Frost being interviewed by Michael Parkinson. So they're, they're having a go each way. Uh, should be should be a lot of fun. Uh, I've set up my uh, Foxtel IQ to to tape both of them because obviously I can't watch them. But yeah, uh, two great interviewers interviewing each other. Uh, but they're also both old men, so there'll be lots of war stories. I'm guessing it should be fun. And uh, obviously, it's been rolled out over a number of nights, uh, just like the interviews with Tricky Dicky. Uh, yeah, no. Hey, um, when I cast my pod it's with the box cutters in mind box cutters pod cast done pork is on the table okay just uh, very quickly with pork uh, i want to say uh, jeff Lindsay, the author of dexter ah uh, of the books of, of the, the, the books series, upon which the series is loosely the first based. series was based. Yeah, well, the, uh, the characters in the series are, are based. On. He's got more books. The first half of the series was based, and then they kind of just went to be a little bit better. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yes, the the author whose books were turned into the series of Dexter will be at Acme this Friday uh, at five pm. So you can get your tickets online for that. Uh, that's that's worth running out about. Yep. Also. Uh, a little while ago, about a little over a month ago, uh, ABC Radio National started broadcasting This American Life, and these are current episodes. Oh. So basically the same week that it gets aired in the US, it gets aired in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday nights at 7pm on 
Radio National, you can hear new episodes of This American Life. If you have never listened to it before, I highly recommend it. And while I'm recommending things on Radio National, I want to say, I want to give a big shout out to our friends at Future Tense who uh, who listen to our show, I listen to their show. It, I love it because it is about, uh, it, it's kind of like, remember when Beyond 2000 was really good as a yes, TV show? Yeah, I love when it was Towards 2000. Uh, to, yeah, to, so, to, yeah, towards 2000 and then beyond 2000. So it was good when it was towards 2000 yes, yeah, and then yeah. uh, became beyond 2000. Because at that point, Amanda Keller joined, wasn't it? it was, uh, was, no, it was, uh, that was a little bit later, but they moved from channel from ABC to Channel 7. I detest Amanda Keller, Dave. Because uh, yeah. she's terrible. Uh, so Future okay. Tense is, uh, is Radio National at 8.30 a.m. on a Thursday, but I listen to the podcast of it. Because, quite frankly, who has time to listen to what the radio? What time is it on, on the podcast? Uh, Any time I turn it on. It's fantastic. Oh. Every week there's a new episode just waiting for me. It's like on. some sort of magic. Yeah. I know. So why are you talking about Radio oh. National? Have you managed to catch the Lonely Hearts Club on Radio National on Saturday nights? I haven't, but I hear it's what, like good. a phone-in? It's, it's, it's sort of... It's, it's it's odd. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of familiar voices on it uh, as, as well. I think it's 10 till 12 on a, on a Saturday night. Um, and it's just I saw Tony group. Martin tweeting about it. Uh, w- one of the participants sounds a lot like Tony right. Tony Martin. One of the Lonely Hearts uh, sounds a lot like him. Um, uh, they all sound very familiar, but it, it's that's worth listening to. I think you can get that probably on the. They've got a podcast of that. Or the, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's look a couple out of a couple well. of hours. Ten ten till twelve. I'm sure it is on a Saturday night. Radio so it's National called the Lonely Hearts Club. The, the Lonely Hearts Club. Yeah, we'll put links to all of these on the uh, on. The post for this episode on boxcutters.net. Tony Martin's doing a lot of work at the moment. He's, uh, is, is he still doing a quiet word with? Um, still doing a quiet word ABC? with. He's uh, got Channel Nine coming up with uh, Zapruder's other films. He's got the bits that he uh, that he directed for Judith Lucy's the upcoming joy show. Of sets. It seems that they've actually settled on that as the right. actual name. What's it called? The joy of sets. sets. What in, what time? Oh, joy of sets at eleven oh, pm. Oh, oh, because it's, they. I, they haven't put a time in the title. Hmm. It's going to fail. I know. <laughs> need to put a time in the title. That was oh, been our first mistake. Oh, it was 9.30 live from Planet Earth. That's what it should have been. That's what it should have been. Was it the 8.30 bounce? Yeah, it wasn't the 8.30 bounce. I think it was bouncing around. Um, they, now, Tony Martin, I was watching the Oscars telecast because I had a bit of a, the flu and the Did cold. Did Oscar? He didn't get an Oscar, but oh, what he does! Uh, I've just gone onto this tweeter to you know watch the, and he was doing some great. That was great. It was a real so treat he, that day being sick. Are you, you on know. the Twitter, Dave? I've um, look. I've been lurking around it for a little while. I wouldn't say I'm on it or a, a tweeter, but but, uh, but if if you're uh, uh, if you're on, if you say something, what's what's your handle on Twitter? What's my are handle? You, are you just Dave Lawson? Are you um, no, Dave W. Dave, Dave W. Lawson. Dave going, W. Lawson. Going under these days. I've sort of been, it's, well, at Christmas time. I hooked up an account because everyone was on it. And I thought this this all right. Let's because I haven't done Facebook yet or any of the mm-hmm. other. This is my first. Um, You're about social, five years too late for that. Yeah, I know. Well, this is the first time in, on the on the social media, and and I really enjoy. It. There's a lot a lot of people who do have some um, some funny things to say. You look this. like you would have been in a band on MySpace. Oh really? Yeah, I miss MySpace. I didn't even know how to get onto MySpace, but uh, but Twitter. But this was because I was sick, um, and on on the couch. And then Tony Martin just kept coming up with the, with his tweets. So that was that was that was one of the. That's the first time I've really enjoyed, you know, Twitter. Twitter. How good it, how you know how good it can be when you get someone like Tony Martin just giving you live little 
gems. Well, we'll uh, we'll also put links to all of our Twitter accounts on uh, on the box so you can. So uh, I don't know if I, d- I don't know if I'm ready for that. Just don't worry about it. It's no pressure. Really? It's no. You pressure. don't have to post. You don't have to tweet at all. Really? Yeah. So this is what worries me. I'm not it's sure. Like, it's like podcast. You know, people see it if they see it. They won't if they won't. It's just yeah. there. Just let it go. Yeah, I think uh, that's what I've, I've often hovered. I had something written down and hovered over the, the the tweet button for half an hour and then just deleted it. And I just think about it too much. It's this is with social media. You've just got to not care, don't you? You've yeah, just, just gotta, I don't care. Just got to put it up there. I, I clearly don't care. It's just what everybody reckons. It's you know I'll tweet <laughs> about parking true. signs. It's just stuff. It's, it's, it's just stuff. It's what's just ha- what's, you've got to answer a simple question. What's happening? That's it, isn't it? it just you don't even happening. have to. You don't even have to answer that. Okay. Just go. Oh, this this guy just cut me off. Right. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. yeah I'll, look, I'll, I'll, I I think you know, it could take off. I really think it's there's something in this tweeting. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's I think I think it's going to be big. That if we to all the end. if we all start following uh, Charlie Sheen, maybe you'll do an interview with us. Uh, no, I tried that. You did. Yeah. Tried following. You I d- no, I, d- did I, you I asked him. I asked him for uh, for an interview, and uh, I was actually going to ask as well, and got no reply. Um. He's too busy winning, I think, is is the problem. He's he's winning a lot. Uh, at the time, I thought, well, Charlie Sheen is going to have is going to you know do an interview with anyone because he was doing a lot of interviews. <laughs> exactly. And so I thought, well, that's that's our best chance at uh, at finding out what Chuck Lorre is really like. Uh, but uh, but no, no response. And instead, he started doing his own podcast. Uh, he has a video podcast. Is, has he? Uh, actually, it's it's a live stream. It's a Ustream. Uh, show called Sheen's Corner, Corner with a K, uh, and I saw a little bit of it, and it is absolutely terrible. Uh, here is a man who clearly needs writers and editors. Sheen's Sheen's Corner is it? Sheen's Corner. <laughs> don't don't even look for so, it. So if you're watching it, you're in Sheen's Corner. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh my gosh. With a K. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 259. Uh, I want to say uh, thanks. To people thanks. in general, uh, thanks to Dave Lawson and Courtney Hawking for coming on as as regular co-hosts. It's thanks for uh, being part of our credits now. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for inviting me back, and I'll, I'll see you in a month. Probably. Thanks for being a box cutter. No, no, Until I'm, next, I'm so stoked. That, that feels good. That feels to be called a box cutter. Oh, you know what? I did forget to put in the credits. No, uh, on on Twitter we are. Box Cutters Cast, mm-hmm. and on Facebook, we're just facebook.com slash box cutters. Yep. If you just do a search for box cutters on Facebook, you'll find us. That's great. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Um, David Lawson. <laughs> I continue to be Brett Cropley, not knocking the mic. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards. Brett Cropley is our audio engineer. Peter Wilson coaxes all the bits out of our servers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell everyone you know and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That will help other people find us and would mean a lot. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world. Find them in Melbourne, Australia on 102.7 FM or at rrr.org.au. There are lots of ways you can contact us and you'll find them all at our website at boxcutters.net. You, you know, I, I, I hit the microphone twice mm-hmm. this episode. Mm. Uh, former Prime Minister John Howard yeah. joining us in the Box Cutter studio. Yeah, that's a, that's a joke that did get old. It did. It's nice to have a, a reminder every now and then. Of the past? Of, of our, our technologically incompetent uh, leader. I was just going to say sometimes it's nice to just have a reminder of the past. Sure. Hi, this is Pete Smith. 
You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.